Guys, thank you for joining us today. Um, uh, let us know in the comments. We've been, the last couple of days, if you've been watching, we've been going through a series. Um, Pastor's been teaching us on the importance of our confessions. Mm -hmm. and, um, and by confessions, we're not talking about going into a booth and <laughs> sharing your sins to a priest. And he tells you, you know, you got to do 16 Our Fathers and 15 Hail Marys. No, I don't even know how many they do, but or I don't know how that works. Anyway, but... We're talking about the power of our words, the power of what we speak over our lives, over our future, over our families, over mm -hmm. our loved ones, over our bodies, over our finances, over all these things. We've been talking about that. So guys, in the comments, uh, let us know what, what, if there's been any point or anything that, that has been shared this past, uh, these past few broadcasts that stuck out to you, put those in the comments right now, and uh, we want to talk about it. But guys, yeah. what's been sticking out to y'all? Because this is kind of like a uh, family chat kind of day with mm -hmm. what's been sticking out to us over the week. We have other people on the other camera, too. There and they are. We're the other people. Oh, hi. <laughs> it's us. We're here. Hi. Hi. The end. You can go back. <laughs> what a great family We're chat. <laughs> I'm so glad we went over there. <laughs> part of this week, I know on Tuesday, Pastor had his whole list of mm -hmm. confessions of things not to say. And I thought I knew a lot of them, but I didn't know all of them. <coughs> and um, just knowing that it's basically having to change your whole vocabulary, you know? When we first moved here, especially, and like we just kind of dove all in, even saying thank you, because I would like, if somebody would like compliment me, I'd be like, oh, I just say thank you, you know? And I remember talking to Barrett about that, and I was like, what do you say? Just like not even thinking that yeah. she would like say something different. She's like, praise God. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, if somebody would compliment, like after praise and worship or something, yeah. I'm like, thank you. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's how you take a compliment. You just say thank you. And Barrett's like, or praise God. <laughs> Like, don't take the credit. Give it to God. I was like, yeah, I love oh. you. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you what a pivotal moment that was for me, but it was. Um, but Pastor was sharing different confessions that um, are really harmful to us, mm -hmm. you know, things that are just normal in everyday life. Like, be careful um, because we're not going to speak care over our lives, you know, or... Um, the Bible says be careful for nothing. Yeah, so yeah. Telling or, people to be careful is unbiblical. Yeah. Continue. Something, um, I think I was muted. Serena just said something important like, what we speak can be harmful over ourselves if we're not wise with it. So, in the situation she was talking about, where she asked me what I'll say if somebody will compliment me after worship, um, and I've learned this from pastors, it's not that I was like born with this revelation, I've been taught by wise men and women, but. The reason that we say, you know, glory to God, praise God, isn't he so good is because if we don't, you know, particularly not just worshipers, but in this situation, the worship team, there's a temptation for worshipers to fall into pride. Yeah. And so even something as small as that, if not immediately redirected oh. back to the king, that small seed can become implanted inside of us. And all of a sudden there's that thought of, I did do good today, didn't I? Mm -hmm. I did sound very nice today. I must sound nice all days. I must be. And that little tiny seed that someone meant well-intentioned can grow into something it was never supposed to be and entirely derail us from, from 
being able to still be used by God in that capacity. So it seems small. And I remember when Serena and I had the conversation about it, but I know now that those small foxes, those are the ones that can Mm -hmm. creep in and try and spoil the vine. So it wasn't that Serena was being bad and saying, Oh, thank you. She was being earnest and heartfelt, but without being wise to the schemes of the enemy, even a little tiny thing could potentially be used for something detrimental. Well, and honestly, we're talking about confession, but also just kind of watching not just the words that you say, but when you say them. Honestly, being someone who is on the worship team, genuinely, I would rather if no one complimented me ever, I would rather the only affirmation that I get be from leadership. Like if you were to say something to me or if pastor were to say something for me to me, like uh, affirming, because if not, I have to deal with that. I have to process. And, and if you have given me uh, like a compliment or something, that's fine. There's no condemnation. But um, I have to make sure if I hear something like that, that I don't, um, I, I don't take it as a compliment myself, that I give glory to God, not just verbally, but like we've been talking about this week with confession. It's not just a words thing. It's in your heart. Yeah. So I can, I can say, oh, glory Glory to God. But I also need to make sure that I really, I truly believe everything that I do, if it's, if it's done right, it's the Lord. So like it, it, what it reminded me of is honestly, just even with complimenting people and stuff, you have to be led with that. You have to be wise with that because there are times where you're not supposed to tell people certain things because it can, um, it they can't handle it. They're not going to handle it right. And that's something that I've learned that I didn't, like Serena was saying, like, I never knew that was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing that you don't, you don't praise people in certain, at certain times, if not led, because then they think, oh, I'm doing so well. Look at me. And they're not able to handle that. And, and last thing on this, cause I don't want to turn this into a discussion on pride, but unless the Holy Spirit wants to. The yeah. reason, Mark, you touched on it, but just to highlight it, it's not it's not that we're not saying that you don't ever compliment someone, but truly anything that anyone ever does well, it's the Lord. Yeah. Like every good and perfect gift comes from God, from whom there is no variation nor shifting shadow. Like there, he is all good. And so if any man on the earth does something good, it came from him. Even an idea we're not the ones coming up with ideas. That's all him. So even if man were to see, you know, using me, you see me doing something well, I'm not doing anything well. It is the Lord flowing through me. So to take credit for something that truly goes to him, that's off. And you actually see Jesus doing that in the word when he's, when he says, why do you call me good? There's only one that's good. And that's the father. And so if Jesus is our example, and he wouldn't take credit. He mm-hmm. wouldn't take glory for himself. And he would immediately turn it over. How much more do we need to do that same thing? So that that's the why in that situation, just to make sure it's clear. I know Levi asked, you know, why wouldn't why shouldn't you receive a thank you in that way? But you that's the example that our savior sets. That's the example that Pastor has also taught us as well as to ensure that we're not getting puffed up in a way that we're never supposed to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And uh well, all you know, the big overarching purpose of making sure our confessions are 
are right and proper is to give glory to God, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday, um, and that's one of the things that was really sticking out to me was just, why do I want to make the proper confession? It's not because I'm afraid that if I make one bad confession, my life is going to go to poot. But, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, just move, moving on. Uh, but, like, but it's because I want my words to glorify God. I, yeah. want, I want everything that I say to glorify God. Now, mm -hmm. if I keep making these bad confessions over and over and over again, it's going to set my life on a path. But, um, but, the, but the reason we're, we're having these teachings is not to get people into fear over, oh, no, what if I say the wrong thing? The, the reason we're doing this is because we want everything we say and do to show the glory of God, to yeah. show that God is good, to show that he he's, has good things in store for us. Mm -hmm. and, and how are the people around us going to know if we're not even saying it? You know, if yep. we're talking about how rough life is, how miserable life is, you know, oh, I'm just always tired. Oh, I'm just always like, like when people see that, are they going to think, oh, you know, I want to serve their God, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like. You know, if we're always complaining or talking about, like, if every time someone comes up to me and they say, how was your day? Oh, you know, in our face, mm -hmm. it's all like, you know, weary, you know, like, are they going to be like, oh, they're tapping into some grace that I don't know of. No, like, <laughs> like, but I, I want, I want my life to yeah. be able to, to give God the glory. You know, mm -hmm. the Bible says we should always have a re reason for the hope that is with, that yeah. is within us, you know, yeah. being able to give a defense. Well, how, how are we going to give a defense for the hope that is within us if people don't even look at us and think, why are you so full of hope? You know, like, right. like if our countenance doesn't cause people to actually ask us, like, like you just seem, you, you seem energized today. You seem hopeful today. Like, why is that? You know, mm -hmm. if yeah. like we, we should be exhibiting ourselves in yeah. a way that people have to ask that question. And yeah. Part of that is with our words. Like, you don't talk like everybody else. You know, you're mm -hmm. always saying, you know, positive things and it's not like the power of positive speech it's the power of speaking the word of god right you know mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about speaking the word of god so that we're giving god the glory in our yeah. that's good yeah. yeah one thing that stuck out to me this week is um i believe marky may have brought it up maybe abby um but whenever you're feeling something or something's going on a situation is going on that's the fact of the matter that's the fact of this worldly situation, but how God's truth and the word of God always supersedes and trumps that. And so it's not like, well, I'm lying. That's not what it is. It's speaking the word of God over our lives instead of living by sight, which is what's in the natural. And so that really, I know I've heard it before, but that really did stick out to me because it's not just the matter of positive thinking and positive, um, just speaking good things. It's a matter of the life-giving word of God that trumps and changes every situation and speaking that over us instead. And that's the higher power. That's oh, yeah. more real. That's more of a fact than um, what we might be seeing. Yeah. Well, because you could try positive affirmations all day long. Like you could try self-help books. There's so many in the world but they don't have that supernatural power that's backing that. So, like, we need the double-edged sword to cut against and come into the natural from God, who is the source of all good and perfect things. Yeah. Like, when you give a gift to Serena or if you give a gift to Buddy, like, you're not saying, like, wow, I'm so glad that, that I got that gift. Wow, look at me. I am, wow, I got that gift. You're like, I am so glad she gave me that gift. Like, I love her because she gave me that gift. It's like that back and forth with God of, mm. like, 
He's the one supplying it. So I'm going to speak it and come into agreement and give him the glory for for it because he gave it, you know? Yeah, and if there's anything that stuck out to you guys, put it in the comments. Uh, like, what, what, what's one thing that stuck <laughs> out to you the most? Um, put that in the comments. Um, but, yeah, like, what you guys are saying, like, it's, this is important. You know, it's important for us to, to really, honestly, like you were saying, it's a way that we love God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way that we love Him. You know, um, if Serena was always, like, talking about how rough life is, home like what what kind of uh what kind of testimony does that give of of me as a leader you know as the head of that home um you know like oh man I'm just always you know like there's always just something that we have to do at home and it's not a piece I'm just always tired and stuff like that like does that does that give off like a a feeling that oh he must be a really good husband he must be really (laughs) caring for his wife (laughs) well not caring but you know what watching it Know, watching over his wife yeah. not necessarily you know yeah. like and um and it's the same thing you know with with how we speak you know this is we're we're giving to god we're showing yeah. love to god we're mm-hmm. pouring out on god we're letting him know you know how good he is and we're letting the people around us know how good he is you know yeah. that he's a god worthy of serving he's yeah. a god worthy of giving ourselves to he's a god mm-hmm. who gives us strength he's a god who give who heals us who provides for us? That's mm-hmm. who he is, and so it's good to let our words follow that pattern, yeah. so that the world can yeah. see and know. Oh yeah, you know, and, and also for the world to like hear us confessing, no, I'm healed, like I, I'm I'm strong, I'm prospered, and even if it doesn't look like that in the natural, they'll see it. Yeah. You know, they'll see it in time. You know, they'll see the, our words and us eating the fruit of our words, which is what the Bible says in Proverbs: which death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruits thereof. Yeah. yeah. Put it in the comments. Mm-hmm. I will eat the fruit of my words. Yep. I will eat the fruit of my words. Yeah. So I would like to say, you know, I would like to make sure my words are speaking life. Yeah. You, know, you, you yeah. see the same thing in the book of Exodus, right? With uh, you have the spies, right? They're sent out um, into, into the land. And uh, they bring back like this massive fruit. Surely it's a land flowing with milk and honey. But you have two people. Uh, that are saying we can go in, we can take it, and everybody else is saying, "No, they're they're this is too big for us. They're going to take us out. They're going to destroy us." And what did God say? They'll have what they say. Right. And the two people that said, "No, we'll go in and we'll devour it," they were able to go in and enter into the land. Everybody else, you know, re- mm-hmm. recognize the power of your confession. Like even yes. when everybody else is saying the opposite, you can still inherit that promise just mm-hmm. by keeping your confession on what God said. You know. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, they were devoured by the land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly the thing that they said. Uh, but the two people yeah. that said, no, we can take this. Like, they're, they're food for us. They're bread for us. They entered in, and they ate the fruit of their words. Yeah. There's power in that. Yep. Yeah. Well, true. and our example is Jesus in mm-hmm. everything that we do, in everything that we are. You know, as Christians, that word is to be little Christ, little anointings. Not little in a, in a literal sense, but, you know, we are to replicate him. And what did Jesus do? He only did what he heard the Father say to do, and he only said what he heard the Father say to say. And because he ensured that his words, his confessions, were solely the things that came from the Father, what kind of power came out of his mouth when he spoke? 
And it's because he had learned that true meekness is power under control. It's power under submission, under covering. So Jesus was never the one to just run his mouth or to flip out at anything in particular, because he knew if I will abide under my covering, if I will abide with my Lord and I'll get my words to match up with his words, then the power that comes out of me is going to be dynamic and tremendous in all that it says to do. So when we will ensure that our confessions line up with the father, all of a sudden our words start to work. You know, when you read, when we read through the Bible and it talks about prayer, prayer isn't something that we do in our head or it's like in the depths of our heart. And my heart is praying to God right now. No, it's not like your, your mouth prays to God. Mm. And so when we, (laughs) sorry, no, I'm not. Um, When we, (laughs) when we speak, out the words of God the way Jesus did, and they are in line with his word, and we have disciplined ourselves to say what the Father says, we have confidence that those words are going to work. You know, the, it's one of the reasons why, Pastor, early on when I moved here, I had, a, I had an issue with exaggerating for the mm-hmm. sake of storytelling. I love storytelling. I still love storytelling. And I would take those little small things and I would make them big. So if something was like, okay, but I knew that a person had put a lot of time into it, I would boast it up and be like, that was an amazing, you know, using Sammy, she makes really good apple pies, but I wouldn't say really good. I'd be like, Sammy, that was the best apple pie in the world. Maybe not even in the world. It's probably like stratospheric. Amazing. You did so phenomenal when the pie is really good and I should have stopped there, but because I would exaggerate it and I would say bigger when it came to prayer time, I wouldn't even believe what I was praying because I had so stretched what would come out of my mouth. I didn't even trust that the words I was saying were real, even if they were his words, because if I'm willing to stretch mine, the thought that came in was, well, God's probably stretching his. You know, if I say, I love you, but I don't mean it, then what's going to make me believe that God means it when he says he loves me? So the one of the main reasons for me that it was so important to get my confession honed in was because I have a calling on my life for prayer and to lead in prayer and, and just different aspects of that. And if I don't actually know that what I'm saying is real and will happen, If I don't get my confessions under control in that way, there's not going to be any power that comes out because there's not going to be faith for the power to come out. And so that's for me, that's one of the key reasons that this week is vital is if the body will get this under under control of the spirit, then dynamic power is going to be released in prayer. Dynamic but that reminds me of you were saying that you would out of for the sake of storytelling, you would exaggerate and um, I really do like your pie, Sammy. I really do. <laughs> um, uh, one thing, I, again, it, it, it's not just about, like, the words that you're speaking. It's the timing. It's the when. What, what are you saying? Are your words really coming from God? Are you? Another area, like, when I'm growing in is people-pleasing. Is, like, and this is the thing, though, is to be pleasing to God we are going to have to come up against not being pleasing to man 
and that comes down to our confession. So there are times where people aren't as, um, they don't understand certain things, and you know if I speak this out, they're not going to like it. And I'm not saying to do that like on purpose, but there are times when the words that we speak, they're going to contradict what someone wants to hear, but really it's their flesh. And we have to be willing to declare the word of God. With, like for instance, let's say you're with someone and they are just totally against, um, they're against like, like the blessing of God financially or something. And they're like, oh, is that like, is that yours? Or, you know, ask something like that. And, you know, they're setting you up to, they're setting you up to feel guilty or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like in those moments, like our confession has to not bow down to the fear of man and saying things that we shouldn't be saying because mm -hmm. we know someone should, was not going to like it. If we are really going after God and really saying only what he says, yeah. only what he says, it, it's going to contradict people's flesh. And we're going to have to be okay with uh, not fearing man. Like in the book of Acts, I loved going through the book of Acts and looking where like Peter, or different people, they would just call out people and be like, you are like, you, you crucified Jesus. Like you don't even know what you did. Can you imagine saying that to somebody? Like stuff like that, that boldness. But it just reminds me of people pleasing, yeah. of, of not dumbing down our confession for yeah. other people. Well, and in that same, you know, in that same thought, people pleasing is also sometimes, well, it's not sometimes, it's not receiving every single thing a person says. You know, I might, a ditch that, or a default my flesh had had was in people pleasing, their perception of me, I would just receive it. So if someone spoke a wrong confession over me, I would just assume, well, they probably know more than I do, or they probably have more experience than I have. And I would just make that part of my identity. Your confessions over yourself are equally as important. You know, not just what using this to heal other people, but let's say somebody looked at me and was like, you are the biggest piece of trash in the world. What, what I do with that is going to determine what comes out of my mouth. Because if I allow that to be planted in me, then eventually those words, I'm going to start saying the same things. I'm going to start meditating on it. Not every confession spoken over you needs to be received by you. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, it doesn't belong to you. And so what as Marky was talking, what it reminded me of was literally just today, we were, Marky, Abby, Eo, and I were at breakfast, and as we were leaving, a really well-meaning lady came up and was talking to us about uh, her child, and because Caroline was with me, my daughter, and she was telling us something that had happened in her child life, and like, it was just negative story after negative story, and it ended with her going, it was really traumatic, but your child is beautiful. And I was like, okay. It was an action that she had seen her baby do that Caroline has had like different moments of doing the same thing. She's a baby. And if I had received that and been like, you know what? If Caroline does keep doing this, this is going to be a massive problem. It could end in trauma. Like this could be detrimental. I must fix this right now. And I let someone else's bad confession move me. I'm still out of the will of God. Even if that confession doesn't come out of my mouth, if I let someone else's bad confession move me, I'm out of the will of God. So even if someone speaks something negative over you, you don't move at those things. We don't move at anyone else's confession. We move at 
Jesus's confession. And so even as she was talking, I was praying like quietly to myself. She wasn't looking at me, but I was praying quietly and just, nope, not my kid. Yep. Not mine. Not mine. And we got in the car and I just quickly was like, blessed. Hmm. Yeah. Not to Marky, yeah. <laughs> She's. It was really a story about Marky. She was talking. No, I did. I put Caroline in. I'm like, you're good, and she's good to go. But it's how we receive confessions, also, not just what comes out, but how we're hearing them too. That's not make or break for you. The only confession that matters over your life is the Word of God, and if God has said it, that's what we receive. Yeah. That's exactly what happened in the beginning. Like it. God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, over and over. And then you get to when the serpent comes to Eve. What did he say? Did God really say? Like, that's, it's like, done. Okay. That's what, that's what, we, ha- we can't doubt the word of God. If he, spe- if he said it, if he spoke it over Caroline's life, if he spoke it over your life, if he spoke it over your life, my life, Marky's life, your life, then I don't have to question it. That's exactly the deception that the devil uses, is to come into agreement with the lie, speak the lie. Then it's, it's, so, like, it's so clear in the word, but the world has done such a good job at, at deceiving it and twisting it because, you know, Satan. <laughs> but that's... One cool thing, um, this is just, I'm just talking about Barrett, I guess, all day. Uh, <laughs> um, But one thing, it was cool seeing her walk through with Caroline whenever she was pregnant with Caroline is very well-meaning people sharing, um, like she was sharing before, traumatic birth stories with her. Mm -hmm. And seeing, I mean, she didn't kind of go, don't talk that over my life, shut up. Like, I'm not (laughs) receiving that. I mean, maybe if... Internally, I I did. (laughs) Internally, my flesh had had some words inside. Inside. (laughs) And there may have been some times when she's needed to be firm. I know there were some times when she needed to be firm with people, but she she just didn't receive it. And she would it was very much an inward, like, nope, I don't receive that. Or like, okay, a lot of okay, okay, smiling. You'll see the pastor do that a lot. If somebody's talking, like just trying to say a bad confession or just saying something that isn't great. And it's just that people need to grow and they don't have that revelation or they're growing in that revelation. A lot of Okay, okay, and it's not our job to necessarily, unless the Lord says something, like to walk out in this boldness. Mm -hmm. It's not our job to be like, don't you say that bad confession over me or don't you say that over somebody else, you know? Like, that's not our authority unless the Lord is, you were sharing about this last night in life group too. Mm -hmm. Unless they're submitted to us or like somebody who, like a child or somebody who has humbled themselves under a leadership or something, then you have that authority. Or if the the spirit of God comes on you, like Peter, like saying, like, you crucified them. This was all you. But it's not nece- it's not necessarily our job. You receive it. You lay hands on it, like Barrett did with Caroline. Like, you're blessed. We don't receive that. And that's all that it has to be. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, what, what causes people to come up and say, oh, you're pregnant. Let me tell you how terrible this is going to be. <laughs> like, what will cause someone to do that? Well, obviously, like, they're well-meaning in what they're doing. They're trying mm-hmm. to prepare you to help you, like, think on it, like, with realism in the world. Mm-hmm. But, um, but really, it's the enemy that's trying to instill fear in people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when, like I was sharing the story last night at Life Group. When uh, that lady came up to us, we were, like, a year into marriage buying a couch. And I had my I love my wife shirt. Mm-hmm. And she came up to me, came up, read, this is a lady mm-hmm. that was working at the store. You know, it, her job is to sell stuff. And 
she needs training. But um, <laughs> and Jesus, but she uh, came up to me, uh, looked at my shirt, and said, "I love my wife, huh?" In a couple of years, that'll say, "I hate my wife," you know, and and it like threw me <laughs> off, and um, and, and I'm like, what would possess someone to say speak that over a uh, a young married couple? Well, I, well, what would possess someone? Think about it. But at the same time, um, you also have to recognize, why would she say something like that? She's probably been hurt. Yeah. You know, she probably had a bad experience in marriage. Yeah. She might be divorced. She might have had, like, an abusive husband or something mm-hmm. like that. And because of her experience, she just assumed that's going to be everyone's experience. You know, everyone probably had as terrible as I had. So let me just pr- warn you now, mm-hmm. you know. And, and really, it's an experiential demonic thing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but at the same time, you know, like someone had a traumatic birth experience. Well, let me make sure you're prepared so that you can know what, you know, and, and based on their experience, they're speaking death over your, yeah. like your potential, you know, experience. So yeah. like it, but, but real, but, you know, it gives you a whole new perspective of, of mercy on that when you recognize that the reason why a lot of people make a lot of bad confessions is because they're hurting. And yeah. they don't have a revelation yet on what the word says mm-hmm. and what's available to them. Or, you know, they've been taught one way for so long, you know, for so long. What, what it, repetition, you can finish in the comments, is the <laughs> motor of learning. learning. Recognize, you can also learn trash through repetition. You know, if the world is teaching you the same thing over that's and true. over and over again, that's all you know. You know, that's all you've ever been taught, mm-hmm. you know. Like, yeah. how many of us knew that some of these things were bad confessions until it was brought up to us? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. We might have to hear some of these things over and over again, multiple times, you know, keeping it in front of us mm-hmm. so that we can, because de- we've, de- our speech, the way we talk is a, is, it's a fruit of the habits that we've developed yeah. in our speech, right? Uh, like the way we talk, the, the, the dialect that we talk. It's a habit, right? So, yeah. like, if, if I purpose myself to talk in a southern accent and I talk like this and I purpose myself to talk like this for the next five months, this will end up being the way I talk. Why? Because I've developed the habit, mm-hmm. right? Like, the more I hang out with people in the south, the more I start saying things that southerners say, you know? <laughs> Different things start popping out. <laughs> and um, why? Because I'm, I'm literally... Yeah. I'm surrounded yeah. by it, you yeah. know? I'm sur- and the more I'm surrounded by it, the more it'll come out of me. Yeah. How much more important is it for us to surround ourselves with people who are talking like this, you know? Yeah. For us to go to church and to get the word implanted in us so that yeah. when someone yeah. says something, all of a sudden you recognize, like, you're not from around here, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. like, the devil tries to speak something, oh, you're not from around here. Like, this, you know, this isn't right, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when, when someone <laughs> is new to Boomerang, you know, they'll start talking, and say things that the world says, but you, you hear the more they give themselves to the church, the more their speech begins to change. Yep. yep. Like we were talking about this at Youth on Sunday, right? Well, uh, in the book of Acts, uh, the Bible says that they had all things in common. Well, how did they have all things in common? Well, they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They, mm-hmm. they met in each other's homes like on a daily basis. They were hanging out with each other all the time, listening to this teaching all the time. So what does that mean? They start talking like each other. They start acting like each other. You know, it's not that it's not that suddenly everyone uh, is a collector of ba- baseball cards because they had all things in common. No, it's because they hung out with each other so much and they started becoming more and more like Christ. And the more they became like Christ, the more they began to talk like Christ. The more mm-hmm. that they began to think like Christ. So when we, when, Joni says, can you purpose yourself to say orange? <laughs> 
uh, funny. Anyway, so, um, but, but you, you recognize the more you surround yourself with people that, say, that make these proper confessions, the more you'll start yeah. to recognize and the more you'll start to talk like yeah. Yeah. The more I start to hear yeah. the word of God and grow faith in the word of God, the more I'll start to talk like that, you know? And, and it's, and, and it's, but the more I listen to worldly things and surround myself with worldly people, mm-hmm. the more that'll end up coming out of my mouth. You know, mm-hmm. because that's what I'm ingesting. If that's I'm true. always listening to worldly music, always watching uh, worldly movies and stuff like that, which it's not wrong to do that, you know, uh, on and off. But here's the thing. If we're getting more input from the world than we're getting from the word, mm-hmm. man, we're going to be discouraged. I think it's Bill Johnson who said, true. if you get more, uh, more input from mainstream media than from the word of God, your discouragement is self-inflicted. You know, like, like if, but, but here's the thing. Our confessions will change based on what we're, what we're right. receiving. You know, our words will change based on what we're constantly ingesting. So let's ingest and constantly surround ourselves with the word. It's out of the abundance of the heart that yeah. the mouth speaks. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something that uh, I think it's a really interesting point that, that you brought up, like with the stories, is like, <laughs> I've done this, is like, okay, so if I say something negative in the past, I'm not proclaiming anything bad about my future because it's already happened. So it's not a bad confession it already happened but like it even if technically you're not speaking it over your future and you're not prophesying negativity you're you're not speaking life though still it reminds but it you when you were talking before about about why do people say stuff like that it i, I think people don't have an understanding of how much god loves them and how much we should trust him and so it's like trying to get someone, it's a, it's the flesh trying to get someone to like, in a like worldly, like care, trying to get them to, to be like, okay, I see that you're going through a lot. Like, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry you went through that experience. Even if it's something that they're saying in a playful way, but like, why, why would you say that? Like one thing that it reminds me of is I used to, I used to share, like when people talk about hiking or something, I'll be like, you know what? Like I went hiking once and I got such a bad like po- it was it was not even poison ivy. It was worse than poison ivy. It was like poison something else and I had such a bad rash that the doctor thought I had scarlet fever and like la la la. la. And now I'm just like why would I share that? Like that was <laughs> I I went through 3 weeks of pain. I had to have um I had to have like medicine and stuff and it's but like what if someone has, like, I'm instilling fear into someone to go hiking? What if the Lord mm. leads them to, you know what, this person is, is supposed to go hiking because they're going to love it. And then God's going to speak to them while they're out hiking. And in my mind, what I've thought is, well, it's not prophesying something bad. It's in the past, so it's fine. But still speaking death, and what's the point? I shouldn't be trying to gain pity. I shouldn't be trying to gain attention or anything like that. And one thing I've I've really noticed recently is by habit, like habits, is how much negativity I've spoken. And to me it's like, well, it's 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 been just normal, but like it's not it's not normal to speak that stuff. That shouldn't be our normal. Well, and what what can happen? You know, this actually happened to me recently. I was talking to Pastor Nicole about it. A moment had come where I needed to share some of um my testimony and some things that had happened in the past. And from that moment where I did, it was like, 
a week where I just, things weren't going well. Like, it's not that things were bad, but like, I, I found my mood to be more on edge. I found myself honestly, just more tightly wound and I didn't fully understand what was going on. And I was talking to Pastor Nicole about it when I finally realized, oh, there's a problem here. I reached out to Pastor Nicole. and I was like, so this has been happening. And she brought up to me to pray about, um, just to pray over it. And, and ultimately she was correct. What had happened in that moment is the flesh likes pity so much, so much that basically what can happen when you're reliving the past over and over and you're confessing, this happened to me, this happened to me, and this happened to me. What can happen is it can feel at first very comfortable because we've been there. The flesh is comfortable in pity. The flesh mm-hmm. is comfortable in those situations. And the the picture that came up in my head is wrapping yourself up in a hot, wet towel. For a moment, it can feel good. But when that moment changes and it stops being hot, what happens to that towel? It gets cold and damp and gross feeling, but you don't even know how that feeling came upon you. It's like when you're in a bathtub that's hot, but you're not getting constant heat in there. All of a sudden it gets disgusting feeling. And all of a sudden your body is shaking and reacting to the environment that has been cultivated for it. If we're just living constantly in the past and remembering it and talking about it, what happens is we are spiritually putting ourselves in that place too. And our spirit man knows I don't belong here, but the soul is so comfortable with, has been so comfortable with pity that it doesn't even recognize, hasn't even recognized what's been happening to it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the major issues with constantly reliving it is yes, you're speaking death, but you're literally creating and we're creating an environment when we've done that to relive those things. It's, it's like a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy because where our mind lives, our mind is the decision maker when it comes to the trilogy of man, it should be our spirit man, but it's it the decision to move comes in our mind when our mind, will, and emotions line up with the spirit. So if my mind is reliving Stinkfest 2006, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. eventually I'm going to start reliving Stinkfest 2006 Mm -hmm. because my flesh hasn't moved past it. You know what I mean? So it's so, so important, so important to make sure that what we're meditating on is life and the fullness of life. And one this is a little bit different, but what was coming up to me as Buddy was talking when we were talking about um, the well-meaning people, the people who intend good things when they've spoken incorrectly. A big ditch I've seen in myself in the past has been to if someone has said a bad confession and I catch that it's a bad confession, my flesh has wanted to be like, ah, I caught that. I am super Christian. I caught that it was wrong. I am mature in the mm-hmm. things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And look at how, how quick, how good I did in hearing that it was wrong. And that little bit of pride can immediately cause us to step in mm. to doing, I mean, number one, it's us judging them. 
It's judgment, which means that we're setting ourselves up to do the exact same thing. Number two, it's a pride. And so both of those things are worse than the person who just missed it from not knowing in Mm. ignorance. And so it's so important to ensure that we are not allowing pride to creep in. If we hear someone say a wrong confession, whoop-de-doo, we've said plenty of them in the past, Mm -hmm. and people had mercy for us. We're going to extend the same mercy for them and trust that it's the Holy Spirit that will wash them and purify them and draw them closer to him the Mm -hmm. same way he did us. How did we get the revelation? Mercy. Not someone being like, that was stupid. Yep. No, it's the mercy of God, the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. And sometimes that kindness will say, hey, you know, you probably didn't mean it like this. This is good. If they're submitted, if the situation calls for it, if the Lord opens the door, but he doesn't want us to just bang that door open like the Kool-Aid man and be like, (laughs) bad. No, he doesn't want that. He wants mercy on those who need mercy because we've Mm -hmm. been extended that same mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when the Holy Ghost brings up something, he he's never rude or mean about it. He's always so kind and loving and gentle, and that's the same way we should extend mercy to other people. Yeah, it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> like that's not the Holy Ghost at all. So if, if, if that's a good indicator that that's just our flesh being silly. Yeah, it's not the Lord. <laughs> it's such a that's really good, Barrett, because like our flesh is like I'm ca- catching on. Like that's a bad <laughs> confession, and then tries to turn it into pride. It's so mm-hmm. silly. Yeah. Flesh is dumb. Flesh is silly. What was coming to me, Barrett, as you were talking was um, about what you're meditating on and it coming out. Uh, in your words, you know, most of my life, I had, like, spoken some death over myself. And, like, even when it comes to fears, like, speaking the fear, um, I know that there was one message in particular, buddy, that you were talking about. Um, If, like, we say, I know I had said all the time, oh, I'm so afraid of spiders and snakes. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Like, and we, it's, like, a culturally appropriate thing. Mm -hmm. But if we can't even overcome the fear of a tiny thing, like, that's as big as a dime, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. how are we going to overcome the fear, potentially bigger fears? You know, how are we going to lay our hands on people with leprosy if mm-hmm. we're afraid of a tiny little spider, you know? And so it starts with those little confessions. And I would speak the confession of, you know, oh, I hate needles. Oh, I faint from needles. Oh, I'm so afraid. And that was a stronghold that mm-hmm. I allowed into mm-hmm. my life by speaking that over my life for years. And yeah. I had no Blue. And praise the Lord for merciful people and for the Holy Spirit being able to guide me in that. And the Lord has set me free from that, too. And so, um, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, the small foxes yep. spoil the yes. mind. So, mm-hmm. like, um, so, like, think about it this way. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of clowns. <laughs> I'm afraid of cockroaches. I'm afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of snakes. Like, they seem small, you know. A lot, a lot of times we identify with small fears. You know, mm. we identify with, with the little things yeah. um, without recognizing, no, this is actually a big issue. You know, this is a big thing. I shouldn't be confessing a fear of something. And a lot of times we just make that our identity. It becomes a cute little part of our personality, you know. Oh, look, she's afraid of snakes. That's so cute, you know. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. but we, and we make that a part of our personality. Um, but we don't recognize that, Man, if I can't overcome a fear of, of, of a cockroach, how am I going to be able to, to fight mm-hmm. off demonic forces? Yeah. You know, like, 
Like, and, and so, like, with David, like, picture David, right? He fought off the lion and the bear before he stood up against Goliath. Now, lions and bears, like, those are big. <laughs> like, th- those aren't small things, you know? Um, but if we want to be able to, to fight a warfare against the demonic realm, we need, we need to be willing to give up those little personality traits of fear yeah. and deal with them, you know, and stop confessing like, oh, like, like when I was a kid, I used to be afraid of dragonflies, you know? And, and people will easily, quickly identify you with a fear. Like, you true. recognize that. Oh, yeah, they're afraid of clowns. Oh, like, like for me, like, oh, they're afraid of, he's afraid of dragonflies. People mm-hmm. will still think that I am today. I'm not. Now, I purpose myself. If I see a dragonfly, I'm going to chase it down, you know? <laughs> like, because I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm going to try to catch it, you know? Because, mm-hmm. well, when I was a kid, I would, like, and recognize this. Like, when I was a kid, I was in the like swimming in the pool, and a dragonfly just decided to hate me and started dive-bombing me when I was a little child, you know? And so he was, like, dive-bombing me. I would get up, gasp for air, and then he's coming at me again. So it was like, (laughs) as a child, I was, like, traumatized by it a little bit. Yeah. Um, But, and so because of that, I allowed a fear in, you know, and I let it become my personality. Now, like, a person with a fear of clowns, there might be some reason. They might have been, like, two years old, and, like, their parents were watching it, and they're like, oh, no, like... (laughs) Uh, like it's just, it's one of those but it's one of those things where we shouldn't let something that happened 30 years ago still affect our right. ability to walk by faith today yep. you know these aren't these aren't small things and mm-hmm. so uh and so like confessing a fear over somebody like i don't even like we were talking about this at life group last night i don't even want to confess something over someone else oh they must be tired oh they have add oh they have adhd oh they have they have anxiety they mm-hmm. have social anxiety oh yeah. i have social anxiety like like, I don't want to speak those things yeah. over other people and the people around me, you know, or, or e- even if, even if in the natural, that's the fact, I don't want to confess that and make mm-hmm. that a, a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I want to speak life over the people around me. Yeah. I want to speak life over the people next to me. Oh, this person over here is, uh, they, they might in the natural be having a panic attack. Well, let me speak peace over them, yes. not speak the, like, you, you, like you've heard like people say, like, no, we, we want to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. We don't want to just walk around, you know, saying this is how it is. Like mm-hmm. this, this is the state of the world. This is the state of my country. This is the state of my company. This is the, this is, well, that's just how it is. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be a thermostat, right? Mm-hmm. We're changing the, the state mm-hmm. of right. the, the world around us. How do we do that? With our confession, with yeah. our words, you know? So I don't just say things the way that it is being mm-hmm. a ther- thermometer. Mm-hmm. I want to be a thermostat. No, I'm going to say Say it the way that it's supposed right. to be, according to mm-hmm. kingdom come. Yeah. yeah. Will of God be done. Yeah. Real, that's how Jesus prayed. A lot of times when we think about the prayer, we think Jesus saying, Lord, may your kingdom come. May, may it be, if it, you know, if you wanted to, I'm asking that your kingdom come. I'm asking that your will be done. That's mm-hmm. not what Jesus was saying in that prayer. Yeah. You look at the Greek, it's kingdom come. Yep. Will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. He's commanding it to be. Yes. He's speaking with his words and in his prayer. This is what it's going to happen. The kingdom of God is going to manifest in, mm-hmm. right here on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. I'm speaking it, so be it. You know, yeah. that's, how we, that's how Jesus said to pray, yeah. you know, which 90% of Christians will not be comfortable praying that way. You, you can't command those things to be. You can't tell God what to do. Well, Jesus, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, yeah. your name is holy. Uh, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not asking for it. He's saying Give us today our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. 
For yours is the kingdom and the power yep. and the glory forever. Yep. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and your kingdom come, your will be done <laughs> on earth as yep. in heaven. Like he's not, he's not making, he's not making himself Lord over God. Yeah. He's just saying, God, this is what your word says. So let it be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. said healing is mine, well, let it be. I receive that healing. Healing yeah. be in my body right now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's how Jesus prayed. Uh, it, it was a very authoritative prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when he first taught, they were amazed. Why? Because he taught as one with authority, not as the scribes. What does that mean? They didn't teach with authority. They taught with intellect and with with uh, yeah. with. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but the, yeah, they taught with chutzpah. Not they didn't even teach with chutzpah. They taught with just like intellect pride. and with, with yeah, with pride mm-hmm. and with delegance and with uh, what what did Paul say in First uh, Corinthians persuasive. chapter two? Yeah, persuasive words of mm-hmm. man wisdom. But Jesus came with demonstration of the spirit of yep. the spirit of the spirit and power. Paul mm-hmm. came with demonstration of the spirit and power. Yeah. He mm-hmm. came with an authority. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so like that, that should change the way we even talk. No, yeah, I carry sure. an authority. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not just going with the flow of the world. The natural progression of life will never lead you to, the, to God. The mm. natural progression of life will never lead you to heaven. You have to be intentional to change that progression of where your flesh will naturally go. And I'm going to enter into heavenly things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enter into spiritual things. And that's going to be my reality. Yeah. yeah. And how important is it to get our flesh down like keep the flesh man down Mm -hmm. one thing that clicked for me just now is like oh my tongue is my flesh (laughs) like it's like it's a part of the flesh so if my flesh has the opportunity to be corrupt opportunity that's that word then I need to keep it under Mm because my tongue could be corrupt so that's enlightening of like okay just in the same way that I put my sin man under and, and keep that crucified then I do the same thing with my tongue yeah. because yeah. just how like I could change things in the natural with my body, yeah. I do the same with my tongue when I'm yeah. speaking, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, confession is important. <laughs> it's really important. And, and honestly, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the last couple broadcasts, mm-hmm. please do it. Like we've been encouraging people to watch this, these broadcasts. Like they've been important. They've been powerful, and I don't think we realize, you know, how, yeah, we, I think people would agree, death and life are in the power of the tongue, yeah, that's what the Bible says, mm-hmm. um, but, but sometimes, like, it just needs to be inside of us, like, we need to recognize, like, there is power in our words, and again, not in a fearful way, not in a fearful way of, oh, no, if I say the wrong thing, everything is going to, to, to die, but no, um, like, no, I need to be intentional with the things that come out of my mouth because I recognize that, like you were saying, you know, in the beginning, God spoke. You know, in the beginning, God said. And who were we created in the image and likeness of? God, you know? Like, what other creature on this earth has the, has the ability to speak and, and in coherent ways, you know? Like, you, you look at gorillas, you know? Um, like, the, the best, like, they've been able to teach gorilla sign language in mm-hmm. different things, which is really neat. But the best that they can get those gorillas to speak is at, like, a first-grade level, you know? like mm-hmm. the, And all they can say is, want banana. You know, like, <laughs> they can't speak really much more than their, than their flesh, right? Yeah. Re- recognize, we are the only creature, created thing, you know, here on this earth, yeah. here created in, on this planet, um, that have the ability and the power of words. Uh, of speech, of being able to communicate 
as as succinctly as we're able to communicate. You know, whales mm -hmm. can make a tone and then know, oh, it's mating time. You know, but like, mm -hmm. but we have the ability to yeah. speak life and to speak in a life-changing way. You yeah. know, God who is able to call things that are not as though they are. Yeah. You know, like that, we have been given that same kind of power yeah. because we were created in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. So if he's able to call things that are not as though they were and make them into, and bring them into being, and he created us in his own image. Like he said, let's create mankind in our own image and likeness. Yep. Man, what's he saying? Well, we're giving him an authority. Mm -hmm. He's in our image. They're in our likeness. And this man, we're going to give him a power that no other created thing has. And it's the power of their words. That they can speak. And all of heaven and earth is bearing witness against them. And it'll, and it'll follow suit with what they say. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all angelic host, angels and demons... They're, they're bound to the word. They can't do anything in an outside of God's word. Yeah. But that also binds them to our word. Like, if I lose, I, I have the ability with my, with my words, because angels, they are, the Bible talks about it in the book of Hebrews, right? They are, they are servants of, of, the, of the righteous, right? Um, so they, at our word, can serve, you know, can bring salvation. They can bring revelation. They can bring those things. But, but conversely, you look at the demonic, right? Mm -hmm. If I speak death, I just gave a devil yep. full access to bring death, you know, because they can't do anything unless I give them the power and the authority to do that. So um, there's, there's power in my words. Now, mm -hmm. now, I'm not saying if I make one, oh, man, I'm dead. Now, all of a sudden, I've, I've given the devil free reign to just <laughs> come and end my life. But if I keep speaking that, mm -hmm. I'm giving him more and more power and influence over my mm -hmm. mind over, over who I am, and mm -hmm. I can give him the ability to bring death. And if I receive it, like, he'll, he'll bring a symptom. And if I receive that symptom, oh, no, I'm sick. Now all of a sudden I've opened mm -hmm. myself up, oh, yeah. and that thing can take me out, mm -hmm. you know, if I keep speaking that yep. way. Um, so we need to, we mm -hmm. need to always be intentional with, with the words that we speak because yeah. we recognize our words mm -hmm. don't just, it's not just air that leaves our mouth. Our words actually go into the spiritual realm. And begin to work things out. Yeah. They, our words carry into our future and work things out. So uh, it's important to, to be intentional with yeah. that. This yeah. last verse that um, came to me as you were talking, uh, James 3, verse 2. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. God doesn't exaggerate. <laughs> like Barrett was saying that, mm -hmm. like, do we believe that God's exaggerating with his words? He doesn't exaggerate with his words. And so if we're able to control our words, he says that we're, he, we're a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Like mm -hmm. the, if we're able to bridle this little thing, yeah. the flesh of this mm -hmm. thing, everything else is a breeze. Yeah. And God doesn't exaggerate with those words. Yeah. And we can put faith on that. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It oh, is. The Bible also says in the book of Proverbs where many words abound, sin is right there. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? What does that mean? Just bridle your tongue. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you're someone who talks and talks and talks and talks, be be slower to speak. You know, mm -hmm. like just be because you got to be more intentional with mm -hmm. those things. You know, but if like you said or like James said, if we bridle that, if we're able to tame that and to and to bring that into submission and sub subjection to our spirit, man, yeah, man, what 
like that's a, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. You know, that'll change the direction yeah. of our lives. Yeah, that's why the word t- tells us to be sober too. Mm-hmm. Like sober of mind, sober yeah. of speech, sober of emotion, not just from substances, that's mm-hmm. important as well. Mm-hmm. But just being a sober, well-rounded person <laughs> helps empower you to control yeah. that tongue. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Did you guys have anything before? Wrapped up. No, nothing extra, but guys, this topic is so key. This yeah. is one of those foundational elements of truly seeing life change and moving from a point to of, well, I go to church because I'm supposed to, to seeing the power of God released in our life. And it seems, it can seem small, but it's it's one of those small things that can truly just shape every aspect of life. So if we will put this to work, we will see goodness of God start to flow out of our mouths, manifest in our lives, and make sure that you do, as Buddy said earlier, go back, rewatch the broadcasts that have come out over this week. Click back through this playlist. Watch it again. Let it get inside of you because what's in you is what's going to come out of you. So it's going to be great. God is doing a movement here on this earth. He like Here's the thing that's been coming up to me recently. I said I didn't have anything. I do. <laughs> but here, here's what's been coming up to me recently. We're in... The last of the last moments of the last day. It's not like we're in the last days. No, we're in the last day and we just have moments here on this earth. Now, how long is a moment? I don't know. But it could be as quick as like a snap of my finger that we are gone to be with Jesus. Are we making the biggest impact in this moment that we can? confessions are one of those things that if we'll get this, it can change the power that comes through prayer and nothing happens on this earth except by prayer. So if we will get a hold of this and realize there's even more, you know, Hannah had a great revelation the other day. There's more of God that I can have. All of a sudden the ceiling is broken off and we can have more than we've ever had before, not for our glory, but for his and if we'll take this seriously, more power will be produced. And here's yeah. the thing. What if it's for nothing more than for that one man to be saved? You know, I believe that the apostles likely prayed for Saul. I believe that there were many people praying for Saul. What if the prayers of faith that they were releasing was for that one key man to get born again? What happened when that one key band got born again? Right. Over half the New Testament was written. Yep, yep. The world was shaken because Saul became Paul. When our confessions line up and we start seeing people as they truly are, the spirit man that's on the inside of them, all of a sudden, men will be transformed from the inside out and will be taken from the moments of being Saul into being a Paul. And if we'll start viewing people that way, if we'll start speaking about them that way, if we'll start believing the way God told us to, we're going to see a whole level of the power of God on this earth. Power that was reserved for these end days because man at this point in time has more access to rhema, to revelation than we've ever had before. And if we'll grab a hold of it instead of leaving it on a shelf and waiting for somebody else to, what can we do in this last moment? 
greatness is available to the believer if we'll take him by the hand and believe what he says works and then put what he said to do to work in our lives. Confessions is just the beginning of that. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, guys, if this blessed you, like it blessed me, I want to encourage you to share this broadcast, spread this word, get it out because people need to hear this. People need to, to, to understand. We'll probably put this into a playlist. We will put this into a playlist because it needs to be done. Um, but there's power in your words. Um, but guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Do us a favor, share the broadcast. That's one way that you can sow into this broadcast. We sow this broadcast into you. Uh, this is our way of helping you experience supernatural abundant life yeah. um, is by giving you the word by and, and a daily word. Every single weekday, we... we we sow this time into you. I mean, we're in the middle of the day, you know, uh, you know, even with our segments. We spend hours working on these segments to bring you just fun and enjoyment, uh, but also to bring you a word, a yeah. powerful on-time word that'll change your life. And, uh, and so we sow the middle of all of our weekdays. We sow it into you um, so that you can be blessed and walk in the fullness that God has for you. And so uh, as we're sowing into you, we want to give you an opportunity to sow into what we're doing here. Um, coming up, man, uh, pastor, like this ministry is going to be going to New Hampshire, uh, bringing some leadership training and preaching the word of God, mm-hmm. you know, Holy Ghost uh, meetings in New Hampshire. Uh, there's just going to be a bunch of different things that, yep. that are going to be taking place um, uh, through this ministry, just sh- sharing the word throughout the world. So if, you, if the Lord's leading you to sow, uh, into this broadcast. You're sowing into a good word. You're sowing into good soil. Uh, the world is being changed through this ministry. And so if you want to give, you can go to giveww.org. Um, we also have cat. We also have cash app, <laughs> Venmo, <laughs> cryptocurrency. You can, uh, we have text to give, give once, give on a recurring basis. Sound like the Grinch. Um, <laughs> thanks. I was, that was, I was going for Sean Connery. But, I did hear a little bit of that, yeah, too. But the Grinch, that, that makes me feel less happy about that. But it's okay. I'm sorry. Um, so, but uh, if the Lord, and only do what the Lord is yeah. leading you to do. Um, that's really our heart, our heart, because we don't take anything from anyone. We, uh, we receive what the Lord is calling you and, and instructing you to give. So uh, you can go to giveww.org, and we're going to pray over every single seed sown right here, right now. Amen. Would you like to? Yes, I would like to pray. Father, I thank you for every seed that is being sown right now and in the future. As people are watching, Father, I thank you for a blessing on that seed. Thank you for a quick harvest on that seed that it comes back to them, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into their laps. Father, I thank you that as they sow into fertile ground, they can expect to reap a harvest from that seed. In Jesus' name. Amen. 